The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before hello love hello love hello love where in the world have you been so long I missed you so since you've been gone hello love hello love make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long. Coming yeah, we hope you stay a while, uh, maybe till 10 if you would like to. We'll be here till 10. Turn things over to Hoppy Kirchwell at 10.06 this morning. But between now and then, Bob Slider and I have a lot of things to cover, a lot of territory to engage in, and uh, much conversation to bring to you. You can help us out at 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Uh, it's the Watchdog Radio Network text line, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. You can use it whenever you feel like uh, offering a comment on things we're talking about or whether you feel like uh, making a suggestion on things that we should talk about or haven't talked about. Um, feel free to use it. Frio Stack, auction service text line 304-214-1600. Ha, 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 Howard, you're too easy. You take the bait every time. I don't know what that is. What kind of bait are we talking about? I don't know. I, I, we weren't fishing or anything, were we? It's uh, I, I, I don't. Like shrimp. Some people use shrimp for bait. That'd be, that'd be a good bait for Howard. I don't use shrimp. I eat shrimp. Lobster. Yeah, yeah, lobster. <laughs> um, you always like to tell others what to do, but it's more difficult to actually do it. Okay. Our city leaders are getting it done. Well, that's what I – isn't that what I said? Isn't that what I said? The city leaders are getting it done? All right. Well, I appreciate your text. Whatever that meant, uh, I'm glad that you called in. Uh, temperature is uh, 51 degrees. Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 49 at the Highlands. Still about well, about 46, actually, in Elm Grove now. You still 50 here, Bob? Let's take a look. 50 right on the money. 50 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Partly sunny. High around 60 today. Some rain coming in tonight, but it's still going to be warm. We'll be upper 40s or around 50 for the overnight low. Now tomorrow, uh, 60 again with some rain. Then on Sunday, begin to get a little bit uh, a little bit cooler and could see rain maybe mixed with some a little bit of snow. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Although when I see the phrase wintry mix in the forecast, I don't like that phrase, but uh, it could be coming the beginning of the week next week. Now, what else are we doing today? We spent some time last hour talking about the 60th anniversary of the Beatles' first television performance in America when they were on the Ed Sullivan Show 60 years ago tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles from Ed Sullivan. The crowd went wild. We spent some time talking about that. The U.S. Supreme Court does not seem inclined to bar Trump from the ballot under the 14th Amendment 
Uh, we're going to talk about that with our political analyst Matt Robeson coming up in the next hour of the show and talk about how the Supreme Court justice seemed to be leaning based on the questions they were asking yesterday. Wheeling native and Major League Baseball writer Mark Bowman is with us on the Uniglobe Travel Show coming up in a bit to talk about 20 years of covering the Atlanta Braves. And Wheeling is working on his new comprehensive plan. You have a chance to offer your ideas at a forum on Monday night. Planning Administrator B.J. Delbert comes in with us to preview that uh, as well. Uh, we already looked at the highlights of the week of the week gone by. We do that every Friday. And... Um, Again, you can text in and offer any thoughts on any of these things you would like to. Uh, coming up in a minute, we'll go down to Charleston and talk about what's happening in the legislature. There was a hearing on the Women's Bill of Rights. <clears throat> yeah, the Women's Bill of Rights. It really didn't, didn't quite what it sounds like. At least I don't think so. Stephen Adams was there, and we'll get his take on that. Coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey there, Dave Weekly here, your host from Metro News Hotline. Get ready for an epic journey every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got all the excitement you need from sports to tech, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Join Coop and I as we bring you engaging discussions, captivating interviews, fun games, and the latest sports and entertainment headlines that will keep you hooked. Metro News Hotline is your go-to source for sports, news, entertainment, and most importantly, fun. Tune in weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News and WVMetroNews.com. Hello, West Virginia. This is Congressman Alex Mooney. West Virginia spending should reflect West Virginia values. That's why I always work to be your conservative fiscal watchdog in Washington, voting against tax increases and cutting government spending, all while looking after our hardworking families. Liberals continue to harm middle and working class Americans with rampant inflation, all the while going around Congress to send our tax dollars overseas. I will continue to do everything in my power to rein in this White House's policies and keep the power in the hands of the people where it belongs. I'm Congressman Alex Mooney. If you have questions about how your tax dollars are being spent, I want to hear from you. Call my local office at 304-264-8810 or visit my website at mooney.house.gov. Paid for with official funds from the office of Alex Mooney. I'm Deepak Huda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cath Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WV Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. as well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. When I get older, losing my head, many from now Will you still be sending me a valentine birthday 
let me down till quarter to three. Would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? It is an, I say this every, we're doing the music of the Beatles for bumper music today, celebrating the 60th anniversary of their arrival on the Ed Sullivan Show in America. Uh, I, I guess I probably should just not bother to say it because every one I say, ooh, this is one of my favorites. But I do love that song. When I'm 64. I think I told you this story before, and he posted it on, on Facebook. The only reason to know about it. Our friend Mark Curtis uh, turned 64 this past year, and his newsroom gave him some gifts and cake and so on. And he said, keep the cameras rolling, keep the cameras rolling. And then he sang this he sang this song. Awesome. So that was kind of cool. 816 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Well, this is very nice. Sometimes I'm, I feel like they're, they're making fun of us. But listen to this, Bob. I love this show. Howard, you are a classic. Bob, you're a great sidekick. Hey, hey. i why do I feel like them? Some somewhere I think that did Nancy that, send that in, huh? I, I don't know. I'm gonna cheat. My wife did not send that in. I can tell you that for sure. Eight seventeen. Watchdog morning show. Let's go down to Charleston. And talk to uh, Stephen Adams of the Ogden newspaper chain. Stephen, good morning, sir. Good morning. My favorite Beatles song would probably have to be "Paperback Rider," followed oh. by "The Tax Man." Oh, those are good. It, it's hard to think of any bad ones. Oh, there were bad ones. I mean, I know there were, but. Uh, you know, every every one that Bob has been playing this morning for bumper music, I'm like, man, yes, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I would say there are Beatles songs that I don't care for, but that doesn't make them bad. They're not bad, but I just I, I have my preferences. It sounds like you had a particular era of the Beatles you liked then, because that those songs came from some of the they had that really super poppy era in the very beginning. You know, 60 years ago when they first came here was that super pop sound, and then they matured a lot as they as they progressed musically. You're a musician, oh, so sure. you, you can comment on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the documentary that came out on Apple here in the yes. last year. Yes. Uh, it's very good and really takes a look at the, the work they did on their final album, So, which I'm a big fan of nearly all the songs uh, on that album, including a song I hadn't actually weirdly had heard before up to that point, which was I've Got a Feeling. And... That's one of the ones that they performed on the rooftop of, of their uh, Apple recording mm-hmm. headquarters. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's such a great song. Uh, yeah, so I tend to be a later Beatles guy. I, I, I would have guessed you to be that way. I, I, I love their later music. I think my favorite is the early Beatles, but that was I was a young teen at the time. You know, so when they of first, course, yeah. yeah, so that's that's what imprints itself on me. Uh, you know, the I want to hold your hand, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah stuff. Um, that was really great. And of course, you were not, you were too young. You don't remember the Paul is dead controversy. You were too young for that, but definitely too young for that. Born in 82. So I was born the, uh, what would have been the year after John Lennon was assassinated, I believe. I, uh, I think it's, I think he assassinated in 80, although I could be wrong about that. Yeah, uh, it's either 80 or 81. I, I sat at home, little, little Howie, when that big, everybody said, oh, Paul is dead. You know, it's a big conspiracy. It was all over the radio and television stuff. And, um, and you could hear it if you played the songs backwards, all right, if you played the songs back. So I would sit at my little turntable at my, in my basement at home and uh, play the Beatles songs backwards, and you hear, Paul is dead. Paul is dead. <laughs> or uh, one of them, I believe one of them was, turn me on, dead man. Turn me on, dead man. That's right. Uh, exactly. You're one. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Oh, God. And, man, the, the, the whole country was going crazy over that stuff. 
Ah, oh, those were the days. Hey, let's oh, talk. Yeah, the things we used to go crazy about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, one more of those are the days comment. I I have to watch my timing on this because I'm the guest coming up, so I can't stretch this too far. But one more those are the days. You had a really interesting and fun piece, I thought, in your reporter's notebook this week as you look back on your early days as a blogger. Yeah. I mean, just real quickly, I mean, I've gone through newspapers. I interned at the Parkersburg News and Sentinel. I've worked through the Tyler Star News. Uh, so I've got experience with that. I've worked in radio, results radio on Parkersburg. But I also came into this industry in different ways because I was a college dropout. And it's harder to do things when you don't have a degree, uh, especially these days. So blogging and being really influenced by the early blogging days when everyone in media was threatened by these up-and-coming bloggers. Uh, but it really influenced everything. Drudge Report was a big influence on me growing up. And even... The, some of the burgeoning, burgeoning conservative media, which is kind of now we have kind of a left wing. I don't mean that derogatorily, but a left wing online nonprofit media now kind of burgeoned right. up. It's been really cool, and uh, I was kind of the model for some of that. Not me personally, but the the model I worked for. So yeah, very very fun way of uh, of doing journalism. And in point of fact, this radio show is not your first watchdog involvement. Oh, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, I remember I uh, did a couple of uh, uh, men on the street uh, uh, call-ins for you guys back uh, in some of the 2010 elections from some of the uh, election night stuff here in Charleston. Our, our mutual friend Jim Schaefer hooked us up a couple uh-huh. of times when you were working for the uh, public policy uh, was it Washington Public Policy Board, whatever that's called, uh, doing the. Uh, during the blog. West Virginia Watchdog. Yeah, yeah. the West Virginia Watchdog. So, yeah, that takes us back. People can read about your early day experience with blogging. I found it really interesting. Uh, it's in the reporter's notebook that's um, uh, on the uh, Ogden site. Hey, I got two things I want to talk about, so let's try and grab them real quick. Uh, number yeah. one, what's the latest on the, and I'm going to throw you a bit of a curve here, but what's the sure. latest on the governor and the auction of his properties? I guess now he's trying to stop them with an injunction. Is that right? That's right. Brad McElhenney with Metro News and the Associated Press both reported that they have filed uh, in Greenbrier County Circuit Court uh, an injunction, a request for an injunction to try to stop that sale that's supposed to take place on March 5th of properties associated with Governor Justice and the Greenbrier Sporting Club. Just to be clear, it's not the Greenbrier Resort. Correct. Greenbrier Sporting Club, which is very much connected to all that. And the thought process on that is... Carter Bank, the people that own the loans on uh, that and other properties owned by the Justice family, are trying to send a message to the governor to come to the table, come to some sort of new agreement uh, for paying these loans. Otherwise, I mean, they could have went after the Greenbrier Hotel. They didn't. They went after the sporting club. But I think they're sending a clear message. Yeah, and they and they could go after the Greenbrier. I mean, that is a, a possibility. Uh, I think that Carter Bank probably knows. I'm making a guess here. They probably know that it's going to get more attention if the word Greenbrier is in something they are trying to auction off, as opposed to going and getting a helicopter. The, the big debate was over the, the jet and so on. I mean, that, that's not as sexy as the green, something with the Greenbrier in its name. So I, I think oh, that's, yeah. that's part of what – probably part of the, the strategy is, uh, you know, the governor can't afford – they're thinking the governor can't afford to have the heart of his empire, if you will – uh, uh, attached, quite literally attached and taken away. So, Yeah, that's uh, it, because Carter Bank, well, a couple years ago, Carter Bank and the Justice family were at loggerheads about two years ago, but came to some sort of agreement. So this is all cropped back up 
as of April. And the governor seems to think it's all associated with putting pressure on him because uh, now he's a U.S. Senate candidate. There might be some truth to that because that's about the time that they decided to come back and demand payment of these uh, $300 million in outstanding loans that uh, he owes to the bank. But uh, you know, that obviously didn't really work, and they took him to federal court. That case is still pending. Uh, but now, now they're going to have to bring Greenbrier Sporting Club. That might mean more to him than putting pressure on because he's a U.S. Senate candidate. So we'll see. Do you think politically, is, is this a turning point where the general public may begin to become a little bit more concerned about his finances? I know he's asked us all just again this week. Now, y'all just need my don't don't worry about my family business. Don't worry about the debts. Everything will be fine. But this this is a pretty big deal. They've always been a big deal. Three hundred million dollars is a big deal, plus all of his other debts. But the the public doesn't seem to get too concerned about it. Is this a turning point where the public might care more because the word Greenbrier is involved? Well, the, uh, the the campaign of U.S. Representative Alex Mooney, who's also running for uh, the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate, they certainly think so. They had a press call the other day. Uh, I think it was just me and Brad on the call, but trying to make that point that sure, like uh, this is this is it. People need that. He needs to answer questions about this, and this is going to get people thinking about this. I don't. I'm not there yet. I don't think this does. I think most of it's going to get hung up in court anyway, as we are already seeing. So I think it's just another it's, it's, an, it's another thing, but I don't think the public's going to get engaged on this yet. And if it gets worse, we'll see. But I, I just don't think this has any effect either. He seemed to imply it as a media event, whatever he calls these things these days, um, that um, he has some kind of secret plan to get this all resolved. I wish I wish I wish I could tell you what it is, but I can't tell you what it is. But I got a plan, so I guess there's a secret plan out there to, to somehow resolve this. Yeah, well, he's not. Yeah, he's not letting us know anything about it. That was one of the complaints of the Mooney campaign, where they want the governor to answer all these questions about these uh, deaths. And my response to the Mooney campaign is, "What the heck do you think we've been doing for the last <laughs> year?" <laughs> There, it seems to me, and you follow the, this more closely, in particular the Mooney campaign, it seems like they're getting a little bit more publicly aggressive on this particular issue. I felt that for a long time they were kind of laying back and letting us do that work of bringing the debt issues and the, the, the default issue, all that to the general public. I get the sense they're, they're a little bit more responsive now, just trying to kind of jab it up a little bit more. Maybe I'm reading that wrong. I don't know. I think they're throwing spaghetti at the wall. Uh, I'd be really curious to know what the effect of those Club for Growth ads that they that the uh, that were ran on behalf of Mooney at the end of last year had. I, it seems like things have been a little bit quiet uh, on that front. So I have to wonder if maybe Club for Growth might be rethinking their strategy in regards to funding Mooney. And I think the Mooney campaign at this point, I mean, they don't have anything to lose by trying to draw more attention to it. they got to throw as much spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks because, I mean, it's either wins the primary or, I mean, he doesn't go back to Congress after 2024. So he's got nothing to lose. Well, the story will continue to play out. I want to get one more story out of you before I let you go. Um, you were at the hearing, I believe, yesterday on the so-called Women's Bill of Rights, correct? I was. I was. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I think there was like 20 speakers against the bill um, that some are calling the uh, Women's Bill of Rights. Yes. Um, uh, uh, very few 
people speaking for it. It's on second reading today in the House of Delegates. They gavel in at 11 a.m. I suspect they may punt it till next week. I've been told that the minority party is already working up an amendment that would uh, put what they believe would be a real women's bill of rights into the bill. I, of course, that won't pass, but they'll certainly have speeches and try to talk about that uh, either today or possibly Monday. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, the sense I really kind of got is people really kind of see through this to some extent, see it as punching down, I think not even have that in my story, punching down on trans on the transgender community and at the same time kind of slapping women in the face because it doesn't really deal with the, 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 the rights of women at all. It's really just meant to be another thing that they can use uh, to keep a transgender girl out of a women's locker room. I want to get back to, to that specific issue in a minute, but it, it's another example of of trying to cover up a pile. Pardon my language here, and you may not agree with this. Trying to cover up a pile of dung with a pretty name. Call it the Women's Bill of Rights. Oh, who could be opposed to a Women's Bill of Rights? But it's not what this really is, which I think is a point that a lot of the speakers made yesterday. This isn't a Women's Bill of Rights. I mean, there, there's no enumerated rights here for women in general. This is simply a way to... Uh, to to attack the transgender community. Yeah, this is in, in reality. This is kind of following up on a, a, leg, a legislation passed two years ago uh, that had prohibited uh, transgender girls and women from being able to participate in uh, middle school, high school, college sports in the state. Now that is still being litigated. That's, I believe, at the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, right now, so that's still up in the air, which is why it makes this even more interesting. It seems like this bill is kind of meant to follow up on that since that's being blocked currently. One of the things I have to ask out loud about this is, do, do those folks who are supporting this, who, who took time to write it, to put it forward, to move it through committee, whatever, do they really see great – I mean, how much a problem do we have with trans, transgender folks in this state to begin with? I mean, compared to other problems like kids who are in poverty or the drug problem or other things, I mean, is it really that big a problem we need to, to come up with this phony Women's Bill of Rights? Why, what's, the, what's the concern here? It's really if it, if there's a problem at all, and I you know, I'm reluctant to even say there's a problem. I mean, you've got I'm sure that there are in the more urban areas more people that identify as trans men or trans women. I mean, uh, 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 Rosemary Ketchum on yep, the absolutely council, running for mayor is a good example of someone that's had very good success uh, uh, in representing that community in the state. So, uh, sure, there there are some, but I would also make the argument it's a conservative state. It obviously votes conservative. It's got re- majority Republicans. Its entire legislature is a supermajority Republicans. All the Republicans, except Joe Manchin, are in Congress, in the Board of Public Works, Republican governor. I, I would think that this really isn't that much of a problem in a, in a state that tends to identify as conservatives. I could see it being a problem maybe in a more liberal state, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know where the problem is here. It just seems to me, and I get it, that it's cultural wars, as we call it, and I get it, That's that it, it appeals to the base and you know all of those cliches that we use. Um, but it seems to me that a number of pieces of legislation have passed that really what are they? You know, what's the value of it? This is one of them. I think of the "In God We Trust" in all the classrooms. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's it's a fine slogan. But you know, what 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 does that problem really solve? I, and I know. I will need- say this, Howard. 
I will say this. I think the difference on this bill versus some of the other culture war bills is some of those bills are already being kind of parked. They may come back before the yes, end of the session. Yes, you're right. You know, you're right. point was yesterday. But this bill was rolled out with Governor Justice, uh, with representatives from some of the groups that support this. It's a national effort. They're, they're trying to get other states to do this. Uh, they had resolutions from the floor. They had standing ovations for some of the people from this group. I mean, this was a big rollout. So if any yep. bill makes it through session, it's this one. So this is going to watch. Stephen, I'm going to run. I appreciate your time this morning. Always have yourself a great weekend. Uh, we'll probably talk again next week sometime. Sounds good, Howard. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Stephen Adams, Ogden newspaper chain, Statehouse reporter here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 832, 28 till the hour. Travel show coming up next. Bill Bryson will be coming in, and we'll talk uh, along with him, Mark Bowman, Major League Baseball writer. All coming up, Watchdog Morning Show. Good Friday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this February the 9th. A local mother, Amber Lynn Brothers, is in jail after allegedly strangling her 14-year-old son over a cell phone dispute. The incident was reported by hospital staff treating the boy's injury. Police found four other children living in poor conditions at her residence. Brothers faces charges including child neglect, abuse causing injury, and strangulation. Child Protective Services is now involved. Brothers is currently in the Northern Regional Jail. And some traffic updates for you this morning. Starting today through Wednesday, a section of Rhines Ridge Road in Marshall County will be temporarily closed for maintenance. The closure will be in effect from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily. The road work includes slip repairs and tree trimming. Emergency vehicles, school buses, and mail delivery will be allowed through. Commuters in the area should seek an alternate route. In Weirton now, the raising of a single beam yesterday marked the start of a new phase in West Virginia's manufacturing industry. Form Energy celebrated as the final section of steel was put into place for its iron air battery plant, which only broke ground nine months ago. Since Governor Justice announced the factory at the end of 2022, the state has aided in its rapid progress with a $105 million investment. The president of Form Energy calls it an only in West Virginia type of timeline. The renewable energy project has already recruited hundreds of hires in the northern panhandle with two hiring events this year fully booked up. Form is expecting to switch on its heavy machinery later this year. And listen to this, historic Fort Steuben in partner with America 250 Ohio has launched the fourth grade history pass program. The initiative allows every fourth grade student in Ohio to visit participating history related museums and sites for free when accompanied by a paying adult. The program, which aligns with the fourth grade curriculum, aims to foster curiosity about the nation's history ahead of the 250th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. All teams head to Texas. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Travel time for the Mountaineer basketball teams. Both the WVU men and women's teams making their way to Texas today for weekend action. The WVU women will play at Baylor tomorrow and then stay in Texas and meet up against TCU on Tuesday night. The WVU men head to Texas today to play at Texas in Austin tomorrow afternoon and then will meet up against TCU on Monday night. As for the men's game against the Longhorns, Texas will have a lot to play for coming up tomorrow. Consider that they lost to West Virginia in Morgantown earlier this season and have now lost three of their last four games. Most recently, they lost at BYU by eight points. They lost in overtime against Houston at home. They were able to come back and win at TCU, but then most recently, earlier this week, they lose at home to Iowa State. So things are getting tense within the land of the Longhorns. They're now 15-8 and eight overall. They're 4-6 and six in the Big 12. They're 10-4 and four at home. They only lost one game all of last season on the home floor, so West Virginia will try to give them a fifth home loss. As for the Mountaineers and Texas in meeting number one, it was back on January the 13th. West Virginia knocked off Texas 76-73. The biggest stat coming out of that game, West Virginia's ability to get to the free throw line. West Virginia made 11 more foul shots than Texas did, and West Virginia took 20 more free throws in the game. Once again tomorrow, free throw shooting will be key for WVU. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. How tough are you? It's the 43rd Annual Budweiser Tough Man Contest. Co-sponsored by WTOV9, Eagle 107.5, Wheeling, Ohio County, CBB, Thomas Auto Centers, The World Gym, Jill's Gentleman's Club, A Class Act, ICR Equipment Rental, Sales and Supply, and Honda Direct Line. Coming February 16th and 17th to Wheeling's West Banco Arena. If you think you're tough enough and willing to get in the ring and prove it, sign up to fight at WBToughman.com. Ladies, if you want to be a ring girl and strut your stuff in the ring sign up at wvtoughman.com tickets go on sale this saturday at the west banco arena box office or online at westbancoarena.com it's the 43rd annual budweiser tough man contest coming february 16th and 17th to wheeling's west banco arena planning to stay in wheeling tough man weekend the wheeling ohio county cvb is offering special hotel rates for tough man fighters ring girls and fans for details visit wvtoughman.com get your tickets today and tough it out Judge Ron Wilson was born and raised his family here in West Virginia. He is the most experienced judge in our mountain state. During his years serving the citizens of Hancock, Brook, and Ohio counties, Judge Wilson was selected to sit on the Supreme Court, was voted Judge of the Year, and was selected in 2023 for judicial excellence. Let's keep Judge Ron Wilson. I'm Judge Ron Wilson. 
and I respectfully ask for your vote. Paid for by the committee. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Doan Ford. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. I'm a traveling man, made a lot of stops all over the Friday morning, we hear the traveling man. It must be time for the Uniglobe Ohio Valley Travel Show. Bill Bryson is here with us this morning. Mr. Bryson, good morning, sir. Good morning. It's a nice warm day today, you know. This is a day where I feel like traveling. Somewhere, somehow, someplace. Let's get up and go somewhere, you know. We've got a couple of baseball trips. Well, we're not far away. We're only about a week away, and I was working on our tickets for the Atlanta Braves uh, the other day, and I'm thinking, uh, hey, um, my friend Mark Bowman has been working for the Braves for a while. I'm going to see if he will join us on the show on Friday. And I called him and or texted him, and he absolutely, and he's here with us today. So good morning, Mark. Mark, good morning, sir. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good, 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 good. good. I'm glad, glad to be on the show here. The, uh, I, I was going to say a quick story here about uh, Bill and I have known each other for, well, you know, he's known me since I was uh, first grade probably. <laughs> If you, if you ask my first entrance into any kind of sports media, it was when Bill was starting the Pinto World Series, and I would climb up there and try to do the PA. <laughs> boy, that, boy, that that goes way back. Uh, we we live up there now, and I kind of drive by uh, Bob Field and Village Field uh, pretty much every day, and it kind of does uh, give me a throwback sometimes to those uh, those great days when our all of our kids were you know six seven eight years old so yeah good I, yeah thanks for reminding yeah. us of that <laughs> well, mark, good. Good yeah, mark is the uh major league baseball writer for the atlanta braves and i i'm trying to figure out you gotta be you, you gotta have been doing that for about 25 years yeah this will actually be my 24th season i came i went to the university of Dayton, went to uh, the Braves to do an internship in 1996 and ended up working for the Braves for like five seasons. Uh, 2001, MLB was starting up this website and everyone's like, you know, you know, websites were still 
somewhat new, especially put placing news on them, and uh, nobody really was jumping for the job to, to cover the Braves for MLB.com. And I was looking to maybe get back into the journalism side, sit of the, the marketing sales type side, and uh, jump at this opportunity, and here we are 24 seasons later. And uh, every time we have a game uh, and the Atlanta Braves are involved, we look up Mark. And I counted <laughs> to see how many times in the last 20 years we've run into the Braves, and it's 13. 13 times. <laughs> 13, 13, wow. 13, uh, 13 times. Uh, this is going to be an exciting time for you. Uh, pitchers and catchers report next week, and then a few days later the rest of the teams. And uh, nobody's lost a game yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even the Pirates have a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what? What? Yeah. What do you? What do you do this time of year? Obviously, there's nobody to interview on the field. So I know you're gearing up. What's What's a What's the Major League Baseball writer for the Atlanta Braves do in in February? Well, you know, I mean, it's, you're just like you said. You're kind of prep, prepping, thinking about you know what spring training is going to bring. You know, storylines with prospects, new players, that kind of stuff with the Braves this year. They've got Chris Sale coming. You know, that, that's obviously the biggest name. And then they, a new left fielder, Jared Kalenic. You know, you start thinking of, you know, that kind of stuff. But the, um, and then there's plenty of storylines. I'm very fortunate to cover a team that that is, uh, if, if I can't find a story every day, then, then I, I don't know when, when you've got Ronald Acuna and Austin Riley and uh, stars like that. But, you know, just kind of, you know, it, it, this is the one time a year or for the next seven months that I'm actually going to be in one spot for more than, you know, a week at a time or 10 days at a time. So um, we really always enjoy going down there to Florida. It's something to, to look forward to, not only, you know, getting in the sun, but seeing, you know, some of these same faces that, that you, you know, you're going to be around every day um, through, you know, what the players and coaches hope to be late October. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting time of year, like you said. Everyone has a chance to, to go to spring training being excited about something. Mark, you've covered a lot of players, and uh, mostly obviously the Braves, but you've run against uh, some other, other teams and players too. Over the years, favorite players that you've interviewed, talked with, maybe even became friends with? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, again, I was blessed there. When I, when I started this job, obviously, like I said, I worked for the Braves in the late 90s and young, uh, you know, Get my feet wet there, but but just to come into this particular job in 2001, where you still had John Smoltz and Tom Glavin and Chipper Jones and Bobby Cox around every day. That's uh, you know you, you, that you're getting your master's or PhD right there. In, you know by, by learning from the best. Um, I'd say you know all those guys were great to be around. Chipper was just so unique in terms of just being able to to explain the game and break things down. I, I've actually got a book coming out um, here in a couple months, and, and the, he, he wrote the foreword, and it's, it's one of those things that just, when he starts talking about baseball, it, it, it's almost magical. It, it, it just, his words just, um, yeah, I always said he made my job easy. You know, when you go and ask a question, he provided you something you never thought of and enriched your story. You know, I, I love being around him. Obviously, Smoltz was, was great, and, and Glavin, uh, some of the other guys that, that maybe you, you may remember, or what you definitely remember, uh, I'm just saying the Pirates fan, uh, Adam LaRoche um, was a fantastic person. 
is a fantastic guy. And, uh, you know, there's, there's been so many uh, great players uh, along the way that, that I've been fortunate to be around. Matt Diaz is another one that, that uh, spent a little bit of time there in, in Pittsburgh. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, 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 there, there's, there's certainly, you know, just like any walk of life, there's, there's people you, you, you know, um, maybe don't like at work, but at the same time, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of good guys. Yeah, great. What's it look like? We're going to get to see uh, you guys. Um Let's see, March 18th, uh, that's going to be our last spring training game. You're playing um, at Port Charlotte against the Rays. So that's our, or our yeah, our, basically our annual picnic on the porch. We go out there in the left field, and they, uh, they uh, give us that. We have lunch out there and all that. So March 18th will be the first time. And then uh, we, we're going to do a summer uh, trip that starts in Atlanta, and that'll be June 18. And then we come from Atlanta to Montgomery for a minor league game over to New Orleans. Um, Houston, and then the new stadium in Texas. So we're looking forward to that. But uh, oh, nice. how do the yeah. – we'll see the Braves twice. How how uh, how they look? They've obviously been really good the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. You, you, consecutive 100-win seasons that ended with, uh, you know, first-round exit there. And, uh, you know, the Phillies eliminated them in the division series the past two years. You just, just a reminder that, uh, you know, there's there's – I don't want to say the postseason is just a crapshoot. I don't want to just say that, but at the same time, look, you know, it, 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 there is something about, you know, baseball that's unique with, a, you know, a, a three games in the series especially, and even a five-game series. Um, you know, anyone can, can beat anybody at any time. Uh, you, you, I guess, you know, from a, a microcosm of, uh, you know, the, the division series may be a, a microcosm of the season. The Braves were that's as good a team as you were ever going to see last year, or at least as good a team as I have covered and may ever cover, especially from an offensive standpoint. And, you know, they, when they went 106 games, they go to Oakland and lose two out of three. You, you just get, you, you never know in this sport. And that's kind of where I'm getting with the postseason. Um, you know, this year they've got everybody back. To, to, to be able to watch a season like Ronald Acuna had last year with 40 plus homers and 70 plus stolen bases, I, I, I don't think we'll ever see that again. I mean, Ronald's going to play another you know, 13, 15 years, and I, I just can't see, you know, everything aligning to where you, you can do that again. Before last year, we never had anybody who had hit 30 homers had never stolen more than 52 bases, and anybody who had hit 40-plus homers had never stolen 46 bases. So what we saw from him last year just, you know, confirmed that this is one of the – he has the potential to, when it's all said and done, be, you know, sitting right there with Hank Aaron. Um, Willie Mays, you know, that, that kind of discussion as, as the best of the best. Wow. Hey, uh, hearing anything about the Pirates, we always keep our fingers crossed. They got some they got some good young players. Um, that uh, Paul Skeen's uh, on the mound. Hopefully he'll be uh, maybe up to the big leagues this year and maybe give the pitching staff a little boost. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, are you, are you going to get to see them in spring training? The yeah, we our first yeah. game. Yes, our first game is uh, Pirates at Yankees on um, that would be uh, a Friday night, the fifteenth of March. Oh, then we see them twice at home uh, against the Tigers and against the Rays before we come down and see you guys. So we'll get to see the Pirates three times. And actually, I think what we're going to do is um, sending out a letter today to the people that are going. Uh, we hadn't made arrangements for it, but there's a prospect game, and I think the Pirates yeah. is it the Pirates of New Orleans? I, 
I think they have the first one, and that's going to be on the night of the 14th when we get in. And I was thinking about buying uh, tickets for anybody who wanted to go, and uh, yeah. it looks like we can do that. We're going to get in in time, and uh, several people who have expressed interest. So, yeah, that uh, looks exciting. I tell you what, that'll be a great one to go to because you've got, you know, let, let's say they pitch Jeans that night, and he, he'd be pitching against Jackson Holiday. That's the Orioles' top prospect. That's Matt Holiday's son. He's uh, he's one of the best prospects in baseball. Uh, to, to, but to see Jeans there in camp, and you've got about four or five other guys from the Pirates who are the top MLB's top 100 prospects that going to be in camp. Um, you're you're going to get a real good feel for that future, you know, seeing schemes and Tamar Johnson, the, I believe he's probably the second baseman of the future, um, you know, and then you've already got uh, Henry Davis up there. I, I, you know, and Henry Davis can do a lot of things. I just, I, I don't ever want to see him in right field again. But, no, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of people said, okay, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see him hit here, and he, he, did a, he did a decent job. You know, he did a decent job. And uh, now, uh, unfortunately, I guess, uh, you know, he's been forced into the uh, number one spot, and they seemed like they were reluctant to put him there, but uh, they drafted him out of Louisville as a catcher, and it uh, looks like he's going to get a chance to catch there. But he's a, he seems to be a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, I think he's, you know, I think offensively, he has a lot of potential, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does behind the plate. I really didn't understand that sticking him out in right field last year. But but to go and get, you know, a couple good arms like Marco Gonzalez and Martin Perez, those are inning feeders that are going to allow, you know, I'm not going to, you know, you're not saying these guys are buying for a side young, but, but to have guys that can, can eat innings and, and, and take some strain off the bullpen, uh, and even some of your, uh, you know, some of your young younger starters, um, you know, to, to add a, a, a Rolish Chapman and have Bettner already back there, and they, they've got a pretty good bullpen. Hey, look, this NL Central, it's hard to predict. I, you know, if the Pirates get off to a good start, you know, it, it's not out of the question to, to think that, you know, they, they can still be in contention in September, and, and certainly um, – you know, at least for one of the wild cards. I, I really like what Ben Charrington has done. Um, and, you know, looking forward to a full season of O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll help him. And, um, yeah, yeah, I, I – they got a lot of young guys. What what needs to happen for Pittsburgh is everybody kind of has to come together and have great seasons. Um, one or two guys isn't going to do it. They got to have a, a bunch of them kind of come together at one time, and I think that's what they're hoping for. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, the one thing I've learned from Alex Anthopoulos since he's got here, you know, I was able to to cover some John Sherrill's great mind, and I've seen you know a lot of it. But in terms of building a winner and a sustained winner. Um, maybe maybe we all knew it, but, but, but the, we've seen the evidence here with, with how deep the team is. It's not just about the stars at the top. It, it, you know, when you're trying to win for 162 games, it's all about uh, how deep you are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, good luck to you guys. We'll see you uh, a couple of months. Um, Oh, actually, about six weeks, five weeks uh, on March 18th. I'll give you a buzz when we get into the stadium. <laughs> so, that sounds great. That sounds great. Mark, thank, to it. thank you, Mark. I'd uh, uh, love to share some of this uh, baseball knowledge with our listeners. I appreciate you calling in today, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yep, anytime. Call thank, me at any time. You got Take it. Care. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for joining Bye. us.
Mr. Slider, I thought you'd jump in there. You're you're a Braves well, fan. I was just listening. Yes, I could spend uh, all day talking to Mark. I mean, I go back with the Braves in the 70s. Phil Necro was always my favorite player. Uh, when my grandmother took me over to Lansing and said, yep, this is where he grew up right here, I was just amazed. And I said, man, he plays in the big did you, leagues. Did you kiss the ground or anything? No, but it meant something to me. <laughs> Every does, time yeah. I go past there, I look over. It, really? still, it still means something yeah. to me. And I, I, I got a guy uh, on our trip sometimes. Uh, he's an Eddie Matthews fan. He has an Eddie Matthews jersey uh third baseman for the braves back when uh and he liked warren spawn and all that and i guess warren spawn had a home in bradenton so he said i'm going to see if i can find that home i got a pretty good idea where it is you want to come with me <laughs> so, <laughs> so he and i are walking through these streets you know and uh, people had if anybody saw us they got to think these guys might call the call cops the on, police on these guys <laughs> we found the house uh that, that, that was kind of kind of cool so Anyway, good to talk to Mark, and we'll see him uh, a couple times during the Do you still, still have room on the spring training trip? Do you still have room we, on this? We're sold out. If somebody wanted to go, we got 30 people. I got 30. I, I got two seats. No, we, the airline took them back. I can still try to get somebody on um, if, if they're interested in going to spring training. We do have seats available on our baseball, regular summer baseball trip, and that's uh, June 18th. That's what we're saying, starting in Atlanta, going over to um, – uh, Montgomery, Alabama for a double-A game, and then on over to New Orleans uh, for the uh, French Quarter. No game there. And then on to Houston, and then the new stadium in Texas. So it's going to be a nice trip. And you, as always, uh, you're not just going to see baseball games. No, we actually were able to put in a couple things in Atlanta. Um, the uh, Puppet Museum, which I had never heard of. <laughs> I still find that hilarious, yeah, but okay. So we're gonna, right. We'll be there about an hour. We're going to get in uh, late morning, so we have some time. We're going to go there, and we're going to go to the College Football Hall of Fame, which is also now in Atlanta. And then uh, we'll have lunch there. Um, we When we go to Montgomery, we'll have um, a uh, luncheon cruise in Montgomery. Hmm. Um and then uh, over to New Orleans, we've got uh, uh, a brunch at the Court of Two Sisters in the French Quarter, and then on over to Houston, and then up to the new stadium in uh, in Texas, Arlington. So sounds cool. Yeah, it looks like a re- looks like a really nice trip. Only so, a minute or two left, real quick. Uh, last night was Motor Coach Night. Did you have a good attendance? We did. We had a really great uh, great turnout for Motor Coach Night, uh, and I was actually really proud of us. I, I thought the uh, the presentation was good. People told us that, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm watching you know things because I'm working on the things I'm doing. And I know what we've got, but watching the details and all this, I said, man, I'd kind of like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot a lot of folks uh, signed up for trips, and uh, we're working now on our next newsletter, and it should be ready in a couple of weeks. So, uh, and if you're interested in something, we have flyers on all these trips as well. We can get those to you, to you too. So, a couple of things that are coming up on February 20th. I want to mention those again. Uh, there's a thousand dollar per person discount. If you're interested in that Rhine River Cruise, the Rhine River Cruise is uh, Maryland's going to uh, take it. It's um, September 22 to October 1st of this year, uh, and um, again, it's on the uh, on the Rhine. Um, that's the number one river um, touring in Europe. And if you're interested in joining us on that, um, give us a call. And if you can do it before 20 of February, it's a thousand dollars savings per person. That's per person, right? Per person. That's basically going to cover the air, most of the airfare. Uh, and then the other thing is um, a $250 savings on the Canadian Rockies, same date, if you can uh, decide you want to do that. And that's a beautiful area of the, uh, of the world, not just the country. Uh, right up on the other side of the state of Montana, Banff, um, they take you out on a, a, a glacier. You get to walk around on a glacier, which is kind of cool. 
Uh, you'll be in a Glacier National Park in the U.S. We're going to come down one day and do Glacier National Park. But there's a $250 per person savings on that one as well. Um, that's a pretty big savings. I mean, if, yeah, if you're you five hundred bucks, that's a that's, yeah. a, that's a that's a lot of b- bucks. And by the time, what, what there's a lot of meals included, but probably cover the rest of your meals on the on the trip as well. So both of those um, specials run out on twenty uh, February. So if you're interested in either one of those, uh, talk it over. Give us a call. We can get you on the trip. Just call Uniglobe, and they would be happy to help you. Um, I, I won't say stop down and see them these days because <laughs> it's, it's too hard to get to the it's office. It's coming. They're up by Chris Miller now, but it is very difficult to get there. I know when we're taking stuff down to the show, uh, we you know kind of load up a car on a side street and kind of take it down. <laughs> Work but, your uh, way around We're town. getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> it's getting there. All right, Bill, good to see you. Appreciate it. Good conversation. Enjoyed Mark Bowman this morning. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, Thanks that was good. Very good. And we'll talk to you next week. Yes. Just about 9 o'clock, Watchdog Morning Show. Next hour, we're going to talk about the comprehensive plan on the city of Wheeling. B.J. Delbert, the city's planning administrator, joins us. And then my old friend Matt Robus and I will talk about the Supreme Court's conversation yesterday about Trump and the 14th Amendment. All coming up, Watchdog Morning Show. How am I-